Good morning, everyone, and welcome to our Course in Miracles daily reading conference call. We read from the text of Course in Miracles original edition, which is published by our dear friends at the Course in Miracles Society. You can access an online copy of the original edition by going to jcim.net, where if you mouse over the link top for online edition, you'll see the link to read A Course in Miracles OE. On that same drop-down, there's an option to subscribe to have both the daily text reading and the lesson for the day sent to you from the Course in Miracles Society. My name is Lori Cameron. This call is Monday through Friday from about 9.15 to about 10.50 a.m. Eastern. And today we are continuing our reading of Chapter 29, The Awakening, with Section 8, The Lingering Illusion. We're also mindful of our lesson today, Lesson 311. I judge all things as I would have them be. And by way of opening this morning, I looked for a poem that encompassed all of the truth contained in The Last Judgment, and I came up with this from Rumi. I was dead, then alive, weeping, then laughing. The power of love came into me, and I became fierce like a lion, and tender like the evening star. The power of love came into me. Amen. Wow. That was perfect. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, you, Rumi, wherever you are. That was real short. Would you mind reading it again, Lori? Yeah. I would love to. I would love to. I was dead, then alive, weeping, then laughing. The power of love came into me, and I became fierce like a lion, then tender like the evening star. Amen. Beautiful. Thank you. Thank you, Laurie. Mm-hmm. Thank you, everyone, for letting me do that. <laughs> I just so enjoy it. Okay, friends, here's our reading list this morning. We have Lemoyne, Fran, Robin Marie, Yvonne, Jessica, and Micah. We're joined in listening this morning by Ida, Diana, and Roz. Has anyone else joined us that would like to say good morning or be on the reading list? Good morning. I'm listening. Good morning, Harrison. Alrighty. So, here we go again this morning with our new topic in Chapter 29, The Awakening, Section 8, The Lingering Illusion. Seek not outside yourself, for it will fail and you will weep each time an idol falls. Heaven cannot be found where it is not, and there can be no peace excepting there. Each idol that you worship when God calls will never answer in his place. There is no other answer you can substitute and find the happiness his answer brings. Seek not outside yourself. For all your pain comes simply from a futile search for what you want, insisting where it must be found. 
What if it is not there? Do you prefer that you be right or happy? Be you glad that you are told where happiness abides and seek no longer elsewhere. You will fail. But it is given you to know the truth and not to seek for it outside yourself. Good Chapter 29, The Awakening. Section 8, The Lingering Illusion. Seek not outside yourself, for it will fail, and you will weep each time an idol falls. Heaven cannot be found where it is not, and there can be no peace excepting there. Each idol that you worship when God calls will never answer. There is no other answer you can substitute and find the happiness His answer brings. Seek not outside yourself, for all your pain comes simply from a futile search for what you want, insisting where it must be found. What if it is not there? Do you prefer that you be right or happy? Be glad that you are told where happiness abides and seek no longer elsewhere. You will fail. But it is given you to know the truth and not to seek for it outside yourself. No one who comes here but must still have hope, some lingering illusion, or some dream that there is something outside himself that will bring happiness and peace to him. If everything is in him, this cannot be so. And therefore, by his coming, he denies the truth about himself and seeks for something more than everything, as if a part of it were separated off and found where all the rest of it is not. This is the purpose he bestows upon the body, that it seek for what he lacks and give him what would make himself complete. And thus he wanders aimlessly about in search of something that he cannot find, believing that he is what he is not. Thank you, Lemoyne. And Fran. 44. No one who comes here but must still have hope, some lingering illusion, or some dream that there is something outside of himself that will bring happiness and peace to him. If everything is in him, this cannot be so. And therefore, by his coming, he denies the truth about himself and seeks for something more than everything, as if a part of it were separated off and found where all the rest of it is not. This is the purpose he bestows upon the body, that it seeks for what he lacks and gives him what would make himself complete. And most he wanders aimlessly about in search of something that he cannot find, believing that he is what he is not. 45. The lingering illusion will impel him to seek out a thousand idols and to seek beyond them for a thousand more. And each will fail him, all except in one. 
and does not understand the idol that he seeks is but his death. Its form appears to be outside himself, yet does he seek to kill God's son within and prove that he is victor over him. This is the purpose the idol has, for this the role that is assigned to it, and this the role that cannot be fulfilled. Thank you, Fran. And Robin Marie. Forty-five. The lingering illusion will him impel him to seek out a thousand idols and to seek beyond them for a thousand more, and each will fail him, all excepting one, for he will die and does not understand the idol that he seeks is but his death. In form appears to be out, its form appears to be outside of himself. Yet does he seek to kill God's son within and prove that he is victor over him. This the purpose every idol has, for this the role that is assigned to it, and this the role that cannot be fulfilled. forty six. Whenever you attempt to reach a goal in which the body's betterment is cast as major beneficiary, you try to bring about your death, for you believe that you can suffer lack, and lack is death. To sacrifice is to give up and thus to be without and to have suffered loss, and by this giving up is life renounced. Seek not outside yourself. The search implies you are not whole within and fear to look upon your devastation and prefer to seek outside yourself for what you are. Thank you, Robin Marie and Devon. Thank you, Laurie. 46. Whenever you attempt to reach a goal in which the body's betterment is cast as major beneficiary, you try to bring about your death. For you believe that you can suffer lack, and lack is death. To sacrifice is to give up, and thus to be without, and to have suffered loss. And by this giving up is life renounced. <clears throat> Excuse me. Seek not outside yourself. The search implies you are not whole within and fear to look upon your devastation and prefer to seek outside yourself for what you are. Idols must fall because they have no life. And what is lifeless is a sign of death. You came to die, and what would you expect but to perceive the signs of death you seek? No sadness and no suffering proclaims a message other than an idol found that represents a parody of life, which in its lifelessness is really death, conceived as real and given, and given living form. Yet each must fail and crumble and decay because a form of death cannot be life. And what is sacrificed cannot be whole. Thank you. Thank you, Yvonne. And Jessica. 47. 
Idols must fall because they have no life. And what is lifeless is a sign of death. You came to die, and what would you expect but to perceive the signs of death you seek? No sadness and no suffering proclaims a message other than an idol found that represents a parody of life, which in its lifelessness is really death, conceived as real and then give, and given living form. Yet each must fail and crumble and decay because a form of death cannot be life and what is sacrificed cannot be whole. 48. All idols of this world were made to keep the truth within from being known to you and to maintain allegiance to the dream that you must find what is outside yourself to be complete and happy. It is vain to worship idols in the hope of peace. God dwells within, and your completion lies in him. No idol takes his place. Look not to idols. Seek not outside yourself. Let us forget the purpose of the world the past has given it. For otherwise, the future will be like the past, and but a series of depressing dreams in which all idols fail you one by one, and you see death and disappointment everywhere. Thank you, Jessica. And Micah. Okay. Um, 48. All idols of this world were made to keep the truth within from being known to you and to maintain allegiance to the dream that you must find what is outside yourself to be complete and happy. It is vain to worship idols. Excuse me. Okay, it is vain to worship idols in the hope of peace. God dwells within, and your completion lies in him. No idol takes his place. Look not to idols. Do not seek outside yourself. Let us forget the purpose of let us forget the purpose of the world the past has given it. For otherwise the future will be like the past and but a series of depressing dreams in which all idols fail you one by one and you see death and disappointment everywhere. 49. To change all this and open up a road of hope and of release in what appeared to be an endless circle of despair, you need but to decide you do not know the purpose of the world. You give it goals it does not have, and thus do you decide what it is for. You try to see in it a place of idols found outside yourself, with power to make complete what is within, by splitting what you are between the two. 
You choose your dreams, for they are what you wish, perceived as if it had been given you. Your idols do what you would have them do, and have the power you ascribe to them. And you pursue them vainly in the dream because you want their power as your own. Thank you, Micah. And is there a new reader for 49 and 50? Ida. Thank you, Ida. You're welcome. 49. To change all this and open up a road of hope and of release in what appeared to be an endless circle of despair, you need but decide you do not know the purpose of the world. You give it goals it does not have, and thus do you decide what it is for. You try to see in it a place of idols found outside yourself with power to make complete what is within by splitting what you are between the two. You choose your dreams, for they are what you wish, perceived as if it had been given you. Your idols do what you would have them do and have the power you ascribe to them. And you pursue them blindly in the dream because you want their power as your own. I think someone is, is not on mute. Thank you. 50. Yet where are dreams but in a mind asleep? And can a dream succeed in making real the pictures it projects outside itself? Save time, my brothers. Learn what time is for. And speed the end of idols in a world made sad and sick by seeing idols there. Your holy minds are altars unto God. And where he is, no idols can abide. The fear of God is but the fear of loss of idols. It is not the fear of loss of your reality, but you have made of your reality an idol which you must protect against the light of truth. And all the world becomes the means by which this idol can be saved. Salvation thus appears to threaten life and offer death. Thank you. Thank you, Ida. And is there another new reader for 50 and 51? Love to join. Is, Thank you. Go ahead, Sandra. Oh. Okay. Thank you. Yet, where are dreams but in a mind asleep? And can a dream succeed in making real the pictures it projects outside itself? Save time, my brothers. Learn what time is for. And speed the end of idols in a world made sad and sick by seeing idols there. Your holy minds are altars unto God. And where he is, no idols can abide. The fear of God is but the fear of loss of idols. It is not the fear of loss of your reality. But you have made of your reality an idol which you must protect against the light of truth. And all the world becomes the means by which this idol can be saved. 
Salvation thus appears to threaten life and offer death. It is not so. Salvation seeks to prove there is no death and only life exists. The sacrifice of death is nothing lost. An idol cannot take the place of God. Let him remind you of his love for you and do not seek to drown his voice in chants of deep despair to idols of yourself. Seek not outside your Father, for your hope, for hope of happiness is not despair. Thank you, Sandra. I'm Judy. Um, what should I do? Read the last two or just the last one? Uh, the last one that begins with it is not so. Maybe it is. salvation thus appears. Gotcha. Thank you, Lori. It is not so. Salvation seeks to prove there is no death and only life exists. The sacrifice of death is nothing. Lost. As or an idol cannot take the place of God, let him remind you of his love for you and do not seek to drown his voice in chants of deep despair to idols of yourself. Seek not outside your Father for your hope, for hope of happiness is not despair. Amen. Amen. And thank you everyone who read this morning. Um, so to summarize from the Lingering Illusion, section 8, beginning with 43, Seek not outside yourself, for it will fail and you will weep each time an idol falls. Each idol that you worship when God calls will never answer in his place. There is no other answer you can substitute and find the happiness his answer brings. Seek not outside yourself, for all pain comes simply from a futile search for what you want, insisting where it must be found. What if it is not there? Do you prefer that you be right or happy? Be glad that you are told where happiness abides and seek no longer elsewhere. It is given you to know the truth and seek for it and not to seek for it outside yourself. In 44, no one who comes here but must still have hope, some lingering illusion or some dream that there is something outside of himself that will bring happiness and peace to him. If everything is in him, this cannot be so. 45, the lingering illusion will impel him to seek out a thousand aisles idols and to seek beyond them for a thousand more and each will fail he does not understand the idol that he seeks is but his death its form appears to be outside himself yet does he seek to kill God's son within and prove that he is victor over him this is the purpose every idol has 46 do you believe that you can suffer lack and lack is death to sacrifices, to give up, and thus to be without, and to have suffered loss, 
and by this giving up is life renounced. Seek not outside yourself. The search implies that you are not whole within. 48. All idols of this world were made to keep the truth within from being known to you and to maintain illusion to the dream that you must find what is outside yourself to be complete and happy. God dwells within, and your completion lies in him. Do not seek outside yourself. Let us forget the purpose of the world. The past has given it. For otherwise, the future will be like the past, and but a series of depressing dreams in which all idols fail you one by one, and you see death and disappointment everywhere. 49. To change all this and open up a road to, of hope and of release in what appear to be an endless circle of despair, you need but to decide you do not know the purpose of the world. You choose your dreams, for they are what you wish for, perceived as if it had been given you, and your idols do what you would have them do. 50. Yet where are dreams but in a mind asleep? Your holy minds are altars unto God, and where he is, no idols can abide. But you have made of your reality an idol, which you must protect against the light of truth, and all the world becomes the means by which this idol can be saved. 51. It is not so. Salvation seeks to prove there is no death, and only life exists. An idol cannot take the place of God. Let him remind you of his love for you. And do not seek to drown his voice in chance of deep spirit to idols of yourself. Seek not outside your father for your hope. For hope of happiness is not despair. Amen. What a beautiful reading. And the floor is open. Thank you, Laurie. Well done, Laurie. Thank you. This is Ida, and um, I underlined so much uh, in this section today as we were reading it. We've seen so many important things, and um, that first paragraph is, I think, is pretty famous for two things. The first line, seek not outside yourself, for it will fail, and you will weep each time an idol falls. That's kind of hard to forget. And then... The other one is, do you prefer that you be right or happy? That is so famous that um, among course students that um, some companies make uh, shirts with that on them, T-shirts and stuff with that question on it, or just simply the word right in a checkbox and the word happy in a checkbox, and then the one that says right is checked off. because it's it's that well-known, and, and rightly so, all these things, because this just feels like a really important section to me, you know, even if it wasn't, if any of it wasn't famous or well-known in course circles. Um, that's, also, I think it, this section is definitely known for the sentence that it starts with and is repeated several times, seek not outside yourself. And when I've sought help from course people in the past, they 
reiterated that back to me. I seek not outside yourself. But um, I'm not mad about that. I'm happy because it's the truth. And, uh, and I'm gradually learning to seek not outside myself and to, um, it works, you know, even my relationship with my partner. If I think my partner needs to change, whoops, I'm seeking outside myself. And uh, so I have to go back within and forgive uh, him and forgive myself for the illusion that he did anything or didn't do anything that could hurt me because, as this Course says, no one can hurt you unless you give it, or nothing can hurt you unless you give it the power to do so. I mean, that's almost a direct quote, but I just don't remember from where in the text. But... um, Anyway, so, yeah, that's real important. Seek not outside yourself. Thanks so much. I'm complete. Well, Ida, thank that was you. Thank you, Ida. Ida. That was really great. Thank you, Ida. so much. It's so true. It's always there. Yeah, Ida, thank you. This is Yvonne. That's so true. It's an everyday, everyday present moment for me to you know, to look within and not to look outside and blame my partner and so on for that. It's wonderful that you're able to, uh, you know, bring that so clearly forward. Um, I know Laurie loves Rumi, and she um, she reads a lot of Rumi, and, and there's a poster that I have in my room which says, yesterday I was clever, so I wanted to change the world. Today I am wise, so I am changing myself. I think that speaks to what you're saying, Ida. Thank you. I'm complete. Oh, Thank you. Beautiful, Yvonne. Thank you, dear. Thank you, Yvonne. Thank you. I love that. Great shares. This is Sandra and... Um, this. I think this, this, this reading should be put into all addiction like where people are in recovery <laughs> because this is this is the, the root cause of all addictions whether it's food or alcohol or drugs or um you know my addiction now is is the course of miracles and course of love and the way of mastery and all of that and it's just I, you know I, I think that we're we're built to trust and rely on something um, but but what I'm trusting and relying on is is my relationship with my creator. Um, it's not just trusting and relying on my creator because then I think it's some it has it's outside of myself that I got to go bring God into it. I, I I am identified with God. It's part of my identity. God is my Father. The Creator is my source. You can't have one without the other. So as long as I cultivate that relationship and I use that to fill in the empty spaces or the um, uncomfortable spaces or the places where I judge, because as soon as I start judging, I'm, I'm, I, I put up a wall around me. I'm in a place of separation. And I felt, I actually experienced that. I checked myself 
when I started judging a friend and then I checked myself when I, and you know, it's, it, I feel isolated. I have a tendency to experience loneliness and, and it just exacerbates that sense of loneliness. So, and, and, and I, immediately, I mean, I have an addictive personality and immediately I want to reach for somebody to fill in that, that sense of lack. I want to reach for something to fill it in. And, the, and what I've been taught with these books is fill it in with God and you're, and you're golden and I'm golden. Fill it in with, my, with establishing a relationship with God. And once I've established that, then I can have a relationship with my brother, brothers and sisters, that doesn't include judgment. I'm not capable of judging anything. But as Lori would say, but I am capable of saying I don't know anything. So seek not outside yourself. It's, 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 the, it's seek, you know, and, and here we are, we seek all this technology and we're the technology. We are it. We are the greatest computer ever made. We have, we have an immune system that actually works, but yet we, we're destroying it because we keep seeking outside of ourselves to, you know, and it doesn't mean that you can't use something temporarily to help until I get there. I use things like supplements and whatever temporarily until I get to the place where I, where I absolutely, my mind is so trained and I'm so integrated that I know that I need do nothing because it's all right here. All the technology is right here in me. I just need to access it. And the way that I access it is through this work that we're doing right here with all of you, with my mighty companions. So I'm complete. Oh, that was so beautiful, Sandra. And so complete. Thank you, thank you, Sandra. Thank you. Yes, thank you, Sandra. That was very helpful and useful, Sandra. There's something I wanted to share, which is that this lesson reminds me of having been in the Buddhist tradition for a long time. And I had a teacher. We all had this one teacher. And even though... The teacher would always say, you know, I'm not it. It's, it's uh, your own faith that you're bowing to or, you know, it's, you know, all the different icons that we look at are our own faith. When it came to the fact that the teacher started having some sexual difficulties, let's say, <laughs> with students, um, it divided our group so, you know, divisively. It was terrible. And I think, you know, I finally left after a period of years, but people could not abide the fact that the teacher could be wrong about anything, you know. And they would look at him as something that they needed outside of themselves. It was so integral integral to 
their spiritual path that they couldn't let it go. And it was very devastating for all of us, but he became an idol. And it was really hard to let go of that whole thing. I think Karen could probably relate to that. I don't know if she's here this morning. But it does turn into the teacher being an idol. And that's a huge thing. <laughs> I, w- I don't know if you call it an addiction. It could be you know, that. But, you know, this was really um, useful for me to look at it in that way. So thank you for listening to that. I'm complete. Oh, thank you, Roz. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for um, the benefit of your experience. That was great. Thank you, Roz. Yeah, it's a really good point. You're welcome. Hi guys. Good morning. It's Jude. I love this reading. This is standout. One of the top ten parts of the text for me. Huge. In the first paragraph where it says, heaven cannot be found where it is not. And seeking for heaven in the world is, is, is the drive for insanity of the ego. It's the insanity of the ego. And um, that heaven is within. You know, flip Flip the coin, Jude. Seek inside yourself. Look inward now. Find God within you. Find God is is you. God is as you are created in his likeness and quality. Spirit, mind, happy, joyous, freedom, free will. I choose the kingdom of God today. That's how I'm glad I'm told where happiness abides. And I don't have to seek it anywhere, anywhere, but within myself. That is my joy. That is my happiness. That is what I am and where I am and how I am. It's a constant, stable knowing, the unshakableness of being created in his likeness as a child of God. And this whole thing about the body, I've been, you guys have heard me talk about this a dilemma I'm suffering that um, in the second paragraph it talks about this is why we this is why we came we came to seek what is it where does it say it because I'm not going to re- repeat it correctly um, with the this lingering illusion the lingering illusion that I can and the word made and create really jumped out at me today. The difference between a wish and what is made through the misinterpretation of perception. That all perception is in part and judgmental, inherently judgmental, evaluates and judges for or against, but mostly it rejects. Rejects or doesn't accept, wants it to be different. So the whole perception gig is 
gone when I know the truth of who I am. It no longer perceives incorrectly. Right-mindedness returns. Perception becomes purified. It sees everything as itself. The vision sees, the Christ vision sees only thing, everything, and everything as itself. Love's call for it to be itself. God's call to see himself in everything as it is, a gift of his creation in its totality. And it's, you know, oneness becomes apparent, and there's nothing to decide between that oneness. The, um, you know, that God's Son is within me. There is nothing outside of my mind. But here in the, this probably, and Lee helped me to understand this, this is probably where the truth of perceiving my body as outside of my mind is helpful because it's a thought in my mind that images, all the images that I see through the eyes of perception can be understood as ideas in the mind and that way understood as all equally being shared and equal as one and equal as being lovable and loving as ideas and thoughts in the mind of God, which I share. I share and I can understand and not judge against or reject, evaluate as one being more meaningful or more valuable, that they're all equally valuable, that God is in every part and every part is in the whole. And, um, you know, this idea of idols and, and making something more than everything. I think that one line in, um, you know, if everything is within me, you know, that there is nothing outside of me that can bring me the, the happiness and peace to me. Because if I think, think there's something more that I need, I'm sacrificing the, the, my oneness with God. I'm sacrificing my oneness my knowing the truth of who I am by wanting something more than everything. So this is really easy for me to understand, that I'm making, I can make slice and dice according to my judgment, according to the scales, unstable scales of my desire, my personal desire, my personal wish to make having something outside of me make me more than everything. And that seems really ridiculous to me now, so I don't do it anymore. <laughs> I hope what I said was helpful. <laughs> helpful to say it out loud. Thank you for bringing me up. Amen. Amen. <laughs> This is Robin Marie. Thank you, Judy. Yeah, thank you, thanks, Judy. I I just was thinking of this: seek not outside yourself. Co-create with God His heaven in the world. I needed to add that <laughs> that we are creative beings, and we are we are creating His heaven in our world, in the world, and that's so amazing. <laughs> thank you. Yes, amazing. Thank you, Robin Marie. Thank you. 
Thank you. And here we are at the top of the hour. Uh, so, Fran, with our gratitude, would you like to open up our new topic and our lesson for today? Sure. Hi, everybody. We are on the second part of the workbook, and we have a new theme today. What is the last judgment? And the lesson for today is lesson 311. I judge all things as I would have them be. I shall read some from what is the last judgment. Christ's second coming gives the Son of God the gift to hear the voice for God proclaim that what is false is false and what is true has never changed. And this the judgment is in which procession ends. At first, you see a world which has accepted this as true, projected from a now corrected mind. And with this holy sight, perception gives a silent blessing and then disappears. Its goal accomplished and its mission done. The final judgment on the world contains no condemnation perceives the world as totally forgiven, without sin, and wholly purposeless. You who believe that God's last judgment would condemn the world to hell along with you, accept this holy truth. God's judgment is the gift of the correction he bestowed on all your errors, freeing you from them and all effects that ever seem to have. God's final judgment is as merciful as every step in his appointed plan to bless his son and call him to return to the eternal peace he shares with him. Be not afraid of love. This is God's final judgment. You are still my holy son, forever innocent, forever loving, and forever loved, as limitless as your creator and completely changeless and forever pure. Therefore, awaken and return to me. I am your father and you are my son. Now we'll go to the lesson. Lesson 311, I judge all things as I would have them be. Judgment was made to be a weapon used against the truth. It separates what it is being used against and sets it off as if it were a thing apart. And then it makes of it what you would have it be. It judges what it cannot understand because it cannot see totality and therefore judges falsely. Let us not use it today, but make a gift of it to him who has a different use for it. He will relieve you of the agony of all the judgment you have made against yourself and reestablish peace of mind by giving you God's judgment of his son. Father, we wait with open mind today to hear your judgment of the son you love. We do not know him and we cannot judge. And so we let your love decide what he whom you created as your son must be. We'll take a moment and reflect on this. Lesson 311, I judge all things 
as I would have them be. Father, we wait with open mind today to hear your judgment of the Son you love. We do not know him, and we cannot judge. And so we let your love decide what he whom you created as your Son must be. Lesson 311, I judge all things as I would have them be. Amen. 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 Thank you. Thank you, friend. So beautiful, friend. Yeah, so well read, and I so appreciate you, friend. This is Jessica. And I also deeply, deeply appreciate um, this author's ability to use the English language because... um, I have a little judgment issue around that language stuff. I was brought up by two parents who were, my father was an English major and a a journalist, and my mother just read and read and read and really knew how how to express herself. And, um, you know, I have a sister who's a journalist. I have a daughter who's a journalist. They're all writers. and, And so I, and I just, deeply uh love when when people express themselves clearly and and fully and boy oh boy do i get my do i get what i'm looking for when i read this this tome it's just incredible the title of this lesson i judge all things as i would have them be it says so many things to me one of the things it says to me is that I'm judging things, not only am I judging them uh, in the ways that that I think they fail or succeed in whatever I think they should be achieving, but I also judge them based on what I think they should be. You know, so I judge my body based on what I think the body should be. And I base my spouse based on what I mean, I judge my spouse upon what I think us a spouse should be. So if there are ways he's not like, you know, the ideal spouse or something, then I um, I have a tendency to think, well, that's not good. You know, that's not how a, a husband would behave or should behave. And it's just absurd. 
And I was thinking during this, uh, uh, well, this morning when we did the lesson, I was thinking about two situations in my life. I have a friend who, I don't know, 10 years ago, eight years ago, had two hip replacements. And then, and one of them was very traumatic and uh, it was not worth getting into, but it was a very long process of things to needing to be repaired that had been done wrong and very upsetting to her. And she sort of has become very active in the meantime and done a lot of really, you know, free uh, physical activity. And she just about a week ago dislocated one of the hips. So she's quite distressed. And, you know, when I talk with her, there's that gap between, you know, what she's perceiving as how things are supposed to be and what I'm knowing and thinking about what this course teaches about, uh, you know, I mean, when we put our salvation on our body and how it's functioning, we're, that's the idol that's going to be, one of the idols that's going to be um, lost. It's going to be, we're going to be sorely disappointed if that's what we're, where we're looking for salvation. Um, and then I was thinking about my sister who went to visit her mother. She's my half-sister. She went to visit her mother after not seeing her for a couple of years. She, because my sister lives in, in Russia, actually. She's a journalist in Moscow. And, um, and her mother is a hoarder. I, I, I hate to use that label because I don't like labels, but it's the quickest way to explain. And, and my sister said, you know, her home is worse than it's ever been. It's just really dirty, really messy, really, really, really cluttered. And and it's, that's another challenge for me to talk to my sister about how to perceive that. You know, I was thinking about I judge all things as I would have them be. I'm judging that in my own mind, I'm looking at that situation in isolation. You know, I don't know what Holy Spirit, what God... Well, what what the higher, you know, the higher self of my sister's mother, it, what this is about. I don't know what it's about. I don't know what's best for her. Um, something will happen in the future that will, that all things are, are there for healing if they're properly perceived. And, and that's a very hard thing sometimes when you have someone you care about and you want to ease their pain and how to listen and how to respond to them because both of those situations seem on the face of them clearly prob- you know not not good you know you you think oh yeah that's my husband was saying to me last night i just feel so bad for fran i feel terrible you know this has happened to her after everything she's been through and i'm I didn't say anything, but I'm thinking, you know, this is an opportunity, um, and it's, it's, I'm judging it, he's judging it, many of us are, ju- she's judging it, as we would have it be, but that's not how it is. When we meditate and open our minds, or think about what's really, you know, in this reading. Um, I've lost it. But anyway, um, in this reading, um, 
it's it's an idol and when we let go of the idols then we that's where we can find salvation and you guys all know that i love you guys thanks for listening let go of the idol that was really beautiful yeah. jessica no, thank you jessica Thank you. The word foundation in this reading is really important to me with a, you know, a capital F, you know, what is the foundation of the thought system through which I am perceiving? Because as I think in my mind, as I think in my heart, that is the way that I see the world. And that is, you know, what I seek to see I will find. And the whole idea of the difference between the knowing of how God created me as spirit and purely mind, accepting the truth of that, that being the perception through which Christ's vision sees, that I see through the eyes of Christ, knowing who and what I am. And the different foundation, with a small f, of the ego thought system, which sees, perceives itself as itself in the world. I see through the eyes of a body. I look at other people as being other bodies. And this comes, the whole mistake, the whole misperception of the world and its perception through egoic, the egoic mind is because I believe that I can, I'm an image of my own making. And then I look through that image, that image of a body, symbol of something that I'm not. And I look through that image and I perceive everything through the image of, of, of my own making. God didn't create it, I made it. And I'm making the world according to the lingering illusion that I am the something that I made and believe it to be true. And all the beliefs in the world and the perceptions of the world are based on that lingering illusion. That's the dream. I'm a dreamer in a dream, and I don't know that I'm dreaming it. To wake up to the reality of the truth of who I am is that I'm a, I'm, I'm a, a mind. I'm purely mind and purely spirit. And that I have dominion over everything I see just by seeing it through the eyes of God. That's a healed and pure and perfect per- perception. And, you know, what good is perception when I know who and what I am? That's when learning is over, perception is done. There's no judgment in knowledge. Knowledge and perception are irreconcilable. And this is the journey. Come to the end of the journey. Wake up. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> I am complete, healed, and whole. Mm, thank you, Judy. Well thank you, done, Judy. Well done.
I'm willing to, I'm willing to let my spirit die in order to know what that's like. <laughs> oh, spirit in its knowledge is unaware of the ego. It cannot conceive of it at all. Unbelievable. Just inconceivable and unbelievable. And if you believe it, everything else you you think and see and know and feel and touch and sense comes from that false belief, that lie. Believing that lie is true. Ooh-wee, big stuff. Hi, this is Mindy. I just came on. Is there room for me to share? Yes, there is. Hi, Mindy. Hi. Oh, yeah. 
oh, Lord, how can I say this with a little story and as much heart as I can? Um, lots of kitties. <laughs> Saved the kitty winter of 2020, and she had kittens, so then I hosted the rest of them, and I've been putting myself out physically and financially to get them, um, you know, fixed and some medical treatment, and there's been a real joy this summer for me, <laughs> following me around, playing in the garden, and not so much for my, my two kitties who are kind of territorial with each other, and well, so it's been rough lately. They have learned how to use the cat door, and it is really quite the spectacle watching me chase cats out and welcome others in that I'm domesticating. And it's like, I could judge this according to today's lesson. It's like, I've noticed myself having thoughts about, oh my God, I can't handle this and all these other things. And oh, on top of it, my brother, who's my landlord, sent me an official notice saying if I have more than two cats on the property, I'm breaking my lease. And I have to forgive him for his hardline tactics. Um, he's going to lock the garage on me if I host them this winter. So I've been putting off doing my 100% effort trying to place them elsewhere. And oh my God, I could just go nuts with this and the lack of sleep. But I could also say, if I wanted to say, you know, I, whatever I judge this as, Whatever I choose to say out of a separate sense of self, out of victim, out of I'm a body, oh, how do I deal with this? That just brings me down physically, mentally, emotionally. However, if I look at this, and it's like I haven't been wanting to ask a couple people who do cat rescues if they can please take a couple of them off my hands, at least for now. And, and you know, the whole issue of of bodies and being responsible for bodies instead of realizing these are God's creatures. They're here for a reason. Um, I have to reframe it and I can see that by asking my neighbors to help me, I'm breaking a pattern of isolation. And if I can just reframe this rather than, oh, here I go again, I'm burdened, poor me, I can't deal with this. And I look at that and I say, you know what, um, this is really a really good one to give to God and to understand that whatever way I'm being challenged, it's because I must have chosen to grow in that area. I must have chosen to grow and to push myself physically or to learn how to make, take responsibility for beings instead of God. So I, I reframed it this morning. I just went, wow, this is such an opportunity to reach out to people and trust them, their love in their hearts, and to get over this this issue that I've had forever about being a burden. I feel like I'm a burden, and this came from childhood. And so I'm totally reframing this process, process of asking for help and just letting go and letting God handle the things I can't handle. And instead of looking at this as a stressor in my life, I could see it as is one of the biggest blessings I could ever have to open my heart and to trust God and trust other people and forgive myself for not being able to handle it all. <laughs> oh, my God. So that's what I'm working on, <laughs> reframing it. And, you know, there's two ways to look at this lesson this morning. I'm coming back to the lesson. And one is, you know, however I judge it, that's how I perceive it. If I judge it a certain way, that's how I'm creating it. That's how I'm going to experience it. And that can be done from the ego. Or I could choose to reframe it and come from 
the unity, the unit, the unity of, of purpose, that all things work together for my good. And how wonderful this is such an opportunity to give and receive love. And what an opportunity is for growth and to come from separate self to, to unity. And so I am reframing everything yeah, you know, that you know, I want to do something, and here's a cat with a need, and it's like instead of letting my inner voice go to, oh God, I can't get this done, go away. Oh, what's the blessing here? Sure, yes, this is a blessing for me to do this. The minute I reframe it, like I said before, these cats will lead me to the thing I'm looking for in my cluttered space. It's just whenever I put them first in love, knowing that, that I I'm. I'm unlimited. I have unlimited energy and strength because I am connected to my source that created all. How can I not have strength to do what I need to do in my little world if my source holds this earth in place next to the sun with gravitation? How can I not as long as I recognize I'm not alone? So it's amazing how more life and love flows through me and how much blessing I feel and how much opportunity for love and, and unity I feel with my with everyone and everything what I reframe in the moment and I judge it as good and I judge it with love and I just say I surrender to the moment and the good and the peace and the joy that's there and, and then it becomes a catapult into more blessings so that's my process guys I know I talked a lot thank you for helping me to unload that and share and my commitment today is to always realize that how I interpret something, if it's not through love and the Holy Spirit or the spirit of wholeness, that I will inevitably hurt myself and shut down the love and blessings. So my commitment today is to catch myself when I'm judging negatively and to say, what's the possibility here? What's, what's the true reality that I can see and feel? And my cats are going to be my, my catalyst. So there you have it. Every burden can become a blessing when I allow true judgment to be in the picture. I'm complete. Thank you. <laughs> Amen. Thanks. Thank you, Amen. Amen. <laughs> I'm still feeling a little overwhelmed, but you know what? Overwhelm is something I came in to to um to allow to be healed. So even the feeling of overwhelmment, you know, and like, oh, yeah, I've got a job to do today to reframe it. It's like even that is something I can learn to give up. So it's all good. And thank you. I am now complete. <laughs> Moving on with the day. Thanks, guys. Oh, yes, kitty cats. <laughs> thank you, Mindy. That was very enjoyable. Thank you, Mindy. Yeah, I'm laughing. I'm on mute, but I'm laughing. And, you know, the, the sense of humor to reframe something so we can see the get perspective and see that it really isn't as important as we think. And to laugh about it. You know, that picture of Jesus laughing? I love that. And it's like we all seem to think that being spiritual is being very serious. But I'm really happy to reaffirm that being spiritual means having delight and having humor and just allowing things to turn around and give us a laugh. So that's my other commitment. Thank you. <laughs> oh, yes.
Yeah, thank you, Mindy. I like that idea of laughing. You know, I just had another thought. Um, you know, when we listen to the news and what we hear about war, how challenging it is to, to find the light or to laugh, you know, to find the humor in it. I'm going, thank God God knows who we are. Thank God God holds us in lightly and loosely. And knowing who we are can even laugh at what we're doing, even war. And he can laugh because he knows who we are and he knows that that the body is not who we are, and he knows where we go when we leave, and he knows how suffering can help us. And I thought, my God, thank you, God, that you know who we are, and even God has a sense of humor. He has to. How could he hold all of this craziness that we've chosen to create if he didn't? And I thought, you know, I'm so glad God knows who we are and Holy Spirit holds who we are. And how important it is when there are serious things that, that do feel tragic, and feel like they need not be, that we may not be able to laugh at it from our perspective. But how important it is to connect with God's perspective and be able to see, especially the the victims and the perpetrators, quote-unquote, and we all know we're all co-creating this, so there really isn't one, but <clears throat> how important it is for us to take a moment when we think of something that we can't laugh at and just have God's viewpoint of the people in our mind. And that to me is true prayer. When I'm envisioning people as their true selves in the most dire of circumstances, which would tend to make them feel that they're separate in a body. And how important it is every morning just to, when I notice a thought like that coming in, just say, thank you, God, for helping me to see this situation and all these people as they really are and help me contribute to them having an awareness of the love in them and the love around them, and that that this too can be used for good. So I tend to want to put my head in the sand and not want to hear the news. And when I hear it, it's like, oh, I don't want to hear that. But that's such an opportunity for me to look and see where I'm holding myself separately, open my heart to myself, have myself be healed, and share that vision. And um, with that, I'm realizing that I, I really want to sponsor a weekly vision prayer session for anyone who wants to join me, just to send love to all those places where people are feeling victimized or separate. And um, I just wanted to say that I want to send right now the knowledge of God's wisdom and joy and the Holy Spirit's wholeness to everyone who is involved in any way with the war and for all of them to have sense of God lifting them up, giving them strength and perspective and vision to deal with their circumstances, to bring it from fear to love. So I would like everyone, if they wouldn't mind, for just 20 seconds, to whoever they want to send it to, themselves, the world, if you would, just, just for 20 seconds, let's send some love to everyone on the planet. Would you do that with me now? Let's do that.
Thank you, God, that love has touched every heart, and every heart reaches out to every other. And so there is a circle of love surrounding the planet and bringing it into our awareness as our true reality forever and ever, now and forever. Amen. Thank you, God, that this is so. Amen. Thank you, Mindy. Amen. Thank you, Mindy. Well, the the idea that darkness even exists is is what the course teaches me is contrary to the mind of God, that God did not create it, that we made it, and it is a miscreation and a false perception. And to not see it is to not side with the dream of fear and a dream of darkness. And it's only then, 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 and only then that I can know that I am the light, the way and the truth that can dispel it, by not siding with it or believing in it, that all the beliefs of that the world holds that this is true and this is reality are false. And the Holy Spirit separates that out when called upon consistently in, 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 sta- in a stable, constant, immortal state of who and what we are, that we know that only perfect happiness, only perfect peace, and only perfect joy exists in the mind of God and sh- shall exist in us when Christ comes into our mind and the the final evaluation of everything that is good and true is the only thing that we do see. Here I go, here I go again. <laughs> only the truth is true and nothing else is true. Nothing real can be threatened and nothing unreal exists. What is true is real and what is not true does not exist or is not real. Ergo, let the dream of judgment go. For it is but a dream that we need to waken from. We thank you. I am complete. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Judy. Mm-hmm. Thank you. This is Micah. That was highlighted in uh, that first paragraph of what is the last judgment, where it says the world. Projected from a now corrected mind. And that's um, it's all consciousness manifesting the world. And he, he was highlighting the dream in the text, too. Let me see if I can turn there pretty quick. In the text, let's see. Hang on. Fingers. Fingers in a dream. Turning pages. Um, uh, let's see. So, where was the dream? Da, da, da. Okay, so in on paragraph, I think it's 49 here. Let me see if that's true. Oh, you choose your dreams, so they are what you wish. Um, and let's see, there's, uh, yep, where are dreams but in the mind asleep? And can a dream succeed in making real the pictures it projects outside itself? So I, I liked all this reminder of this is a dream, and there were some shares that were earlier too speaking of the 
of the, you know, this is a dream. And um, I just had that yearning to go deep into that experience of knowing that this is a, a, a realm of space and time that is a creation of consciousness itself. And um, so I was looking at some of my favorite uh, world dream quotes and um, uh, like here's one you must relinquish your investment in the world as you have projected it allowing the Holy Spirit to project the real world to you from the altar of God and then everything gets so holy here because you know God is in the wastebasket and God is in the coat hanger because God is in my mind and it's a co-creation dream. Um, it says, Jesus says, but decide but to accept your rightful place as co-creator of the universe. And then the world was made as a natural, well, the world was made, I'll abbreviate the quote, the world was made as a projection outward of God. The world was made as a projection outward of God. And then, let no appearance of my sins obscure the light of heaven shining on the world. What is reflected there is in God's mind. Uh, I, I just love how how this dream, this ego dream of projections of judgment and fear and attack, are as we start to dream with the Christ. Jesus says, "Dream with the Christ." You know, and dream with the Holy Spirit, and um, uh, and this has here's another quote: "The mind creates all things that are." And then another quote: "We will look upon God's world today." It's um, uh, anyhow. I think I'm going to end right there. Thanks. <laughs> Thank you, Micah. Excellent. Thank you, Micah. Thank you, Micah. Oh, you bet. Well, good morning, everyone. This is Lori. I think I'm unmuted, huh? Let me just check. Yep. Yeah, you yeah. are. You are. Um, boy, don't you just love this? What is the last judgment? I do. I love it because it's an absolute and total reframe. Um, total reframe. Where I come from, um, or where where my personal story comes from, uh, was in uh, you might say an evangelical right leaning sort of understanding where God's last judgment was viewed as condemnation on this world and on everything in it, and so. The life of Christ was that of sacrifice to atone for 
all this error. But here we have a total reframe, absolute and total reframe, opposite and upside down from everything I thought I knew. That last paragraph, this is God's final judgment. You are still my holy son, forever innocent, forever loving, and forever loved. As limitless as your creator and completely changeless and forever pure. Therefore, awaken and return to me. I am your father and you are my son. Um, the reason I love that Rumi poem this morning so much is because um, in my, my personal experience, uh, God had to come into me and tell me what I am because I was all wrong. I misunderstood everything. I misunderstood myself and I misunderstood God and I misunderstood creation. The whole ego world is based on fear of God and fear of judgment. But here we have my final judgment is love. Be not afraid of love. Be not afraid of love. In the words of a dear friend I heard lately, I am his beloved daughter and he is well pleased. That's God's final judgment. The final judgment, as he wants me to understand it, is my final judgment upon myself. The last judgment is the last judgment I make upon myself. And that's why this plea he pleads with us. Fear not to look within. Eleven times, I think it's said in this reading, fear not to look within. The ego would have me fear to look within because in the ego's world, all is bleak, hopeless, condemned, and worthy of condemnation. Salvation is salvation from that. And so fear not to look within. Oh, so many quotes come to mind. Your minds are holy altars to God. Someone asked me a while back, um, well then, how do you pray? And it struck me, it, it struck me, um, the whole question struck me. You know, when when I live life as a personal self, to pray was like a letter to Santa. You know, here's everything I think I need and everything I think I want. And and if you give me all this, um, dear God, <laughs> this this turns it on its head. Fear not to look within. There is no lack. There is... There is no substance to the idol that you made of yourself. This self-concept that you hold blinds you, Lori, to your own truth. Fear not to look within. God is on the altar. Yourself is on the altar. This world of dreams where we see bodies coming and going and things happening and things not happening. All that 
uh, is projected um, is a projection even the body is a projection of thought in the world of thought there's true thoughts and then there's ego thoughts there's the thought system of the ego and there's the thought system of the truth our father wants us to know that all of this dreaming has no effect it has no effect on anything that's true and when I understand the truth of me um, it turns out everything I thought was wrong there is no personal me that that rider on the boat that rider on the love boat uh, sailing the seas of love under the guide, guidance of Christ um, the me I thought I was is is not even there you know that's a body image and, and so he wants me to realize that I have no image nothing nothing can contain the truth of what we are this self we share we're uncontained we're cosmic we're stardust we're golden in the words of that great song nothing exists but the truth and everything aside from it was simply an mm. illusion that I infested with reality I gave the self-concept to myself I gave this body image to myself I gave all creation a projection of my error what is God's judgment the last judgment is the correction of that error one of my favorite quotes uh, let me see if I can find it I think I have it in a tab here well yeah here it is it's from chapter 3 the loss of certainty he says what happens to perceptions if there are no judgments and there is nothing but perfect equality perception comes in becomes impossible and that's not saying that what my body's eyes see it should be invested with condemnation it just means give up your guessing kid you know you can know the truth you don't have to guess you don't have to uh, separate things out and decide what they are all that is impossible because we can know truth can only be known and all of it is equally true and knowing any part of it is to know all of it only perception involves partial awareness mm. knowledge transcends all laws that govern perception because partial knowledge is impossible mm. it is one and has no separate parts and here's the great news here's the gospel here's the truth the reason why we need not be afraid to look within you who are really one with truth need but know yourself and your knowledge is complete to know God's miracle is to know him will I accept that judgment mm. will I accept that last judgment will I let that last judgment on myself be mine well when I do my mind is corrected all my errors are corrected there's nothing left to project onto creation I can see it as it is 
I can let my Father show it to me. The Holy Spirit will reveal it to me. Fear not to look within. Fear not to look within. Judgment is a weapon used against the truth. Judgment was a weapon I used against myself. No one sees that the sword of judgment falls first upon himself. But when I realize that it was only my condemnation that injures me, and only forgiveness sets me free, I can accept the truth. I can accept the truth. You are still my Holy Son, forever innocent, forever loving, forever loved, as limitless as your Creator, and completely changeless and forever pure. Therefore, awake and return to me. I am your Father, and you are my Son. To know God's miracle is to know Him. Will I accept that? Will I leave go? of this image I had of myself that was never true. The altar still is holy and holiness dwells upon it. That's where God is. There is no letter to Santa. We have no lack. With God, we're totally and wholly complete. Wanting only to extend that completion and to let love be manifest. It turns out that nothing about myself is true. It turns out that I'm reality. Um, he wants us to know that each one of us are the joy of God. Each one of us are the love of God. Each one of us are the peace of God. Each one of us are the will of God. And that our consciousness is shared in that glorious entity called myself, capital S self, from which I could never ever be separate. All errors thinking I could, the atonement is accepting that I can't ever be separated from my reality. Reality is shared. Holiness is shared. And you know what? Um, I was looking this morning at this lesson review from 58. My holiness envelops everything I see. This is why we need not fear to look within. Because from my holiness does perception of the real world come. Having forgiven, I no longer see myself as guilty. I can accept the innocence that is the truth about me. Seen through understanding eyes, the holiness of the world is all I see because I can picture only thoughts I hold about myself. This is why. This is why we need not fear to look within because the corrected mind can only see the corrected picture I hold about myself and holiness is the truth of everything God created. We are the entity that resolves the opposites. That's the truth. That's the truth of each of us. Resolving the opposites, letting go all the error and let truth be corrected, truth be projected, truth be manifest. That's what um, fear not to look within means to me today. I'm complete. <laughs>
Beautiful, Lord. That's so great. Yeah, created to ship. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. And this is why we desperately need each other. So uh, I think to close the call this morning, not the call, but the recording from uh, chapter chapter 5, I think this is, from The Voice for God. Hey, Lori, isn't it early yet? Is it? It's um, five minutes before the top of the hour. Do you want to take five more minutes? Sure. Here, here, let's do that. Oh, okay, my, my clock's off. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah, my clock's off. Okay, sweetie. Do you have a final share? Uh, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, I'd love to hear what you have. Well, this is where I was directed this morning from the voice for God. Here's here's the voice of Christ saying, my mind will always be like yours because we were created as equals. It was only my decision that gave me all power in heaven and earth. My only gift is to help you make the same decision for yourself. The will for this decision is the will to share it because the decision itself is the decision to share. It is made by giving and is therefore the one act of mind that resembles true creation. You understand the role of models and the learning process and the importance of the models you value and choose to follow in determining what you will to learn. I am your model for decision. By deciding for God, I showed you that this decision can be made and that you can make it. I promise you that the mind that made this decision for me is also in you. And then you can let it change you just as it changed me. This mind is unequivocal because it hears only one voice and answers in only one way. You are the light of the world with me. Rest does not come from sleeping but from waking. The Holy Spirit is called to awake and be glad. This world is very tired because it is the idea of weariness. Our task is the choice one of waking it to the call for God and everyone will answer the call of the Holy Spirit or the or the sonship cannot be as one. What better vocation could there be for any part of the kingdom than to restore it to the perfect integration that can make it whole. We are the light of the world together. Amen. 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 Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. Amen. Yeah, thank, oh, you, everybody. thank you, everyone. Beautiful call. Thank